Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. My name is Jack Sokowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And it is Monday night, May 7th of 2018, and Jeremy and I just came back from the Miami Marlins versus Chicago Cubs game at Wrigley Field. That's right. It was a barn burner. It's it was close to the end. Uh, well, naturally, <laughs> since Jeremy and I were doing a podcast about it, uh, it was a complete blowout. Uh, right. The Cubs won fourteen to two, and in addition to flying the W, uh, we were we will be flying the KW tonight as we both got uh, Kerry Wood flags uh, at the game. Yeah, I was I was um, I was surprised that uh, Jack Jack rolled in a little uh, closer to uh, first pitch. Well, you you had some time there to mm-hmm. to, to burn, but. Uh, um, I, I wasn't sure if they'd still have them left, but uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure how many people actually were in the, through the gates tonight. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the announced crowd was uh, 37,333. Uh, I don't know if it was actually that many. It didn't look like it. Uh, but um, there were still plenty of, I got there about 640, and there were still plenty of flags left. Um, you know, yeah. I, I was uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, because uh, the Kerry Wood flags were being given out because it was the uh, 20th anniversary, um, well, 20th anniversary and one day of uh, when Kerry Wood threw his uh, his 20 strikeout game. Uh, and, you know, I was thinking that that uh, just that whole idea of that game sort of, uh, you know, is why we are doing this podcast, really. Uh, so that, you know, that mm-hmm. game take, took place on May 6th of 1998. It was just a, 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 I think it was a weekday afternoon game. Yeah, I, I was trying to think where I was, like, why I didn't see that game. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Yeah, um, and actually a lot of people didn't see it. I think less than 16,000 people actually attended oh, it. Yeah, and, sure. you know, I'm sure none of those people thought that they were going to be watching a game that would be talked about 20 years later. But, yeah. uh, but they saw it, and, uh, you know, every time you go out to the ballpark, I think you have a chance to see something like that, which is why kind of why we're doing this podcast, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I know. If it, Man, oh, man, if, if we could only see a no-hitter, our ratings would go through the roof. Jer- Jeremy actually uh, saw a no-hitter, uh, which I I'm did. super jealous of. Yeah, I um I, I, I that's pretty the that's like the pinnacle. Uh, although I mean I, I did see Game Six, uh, uh, 2016 NLCS Cubs Dodgers. Those two uh, are going to be tough to beat for the. I, I feel like I might. I hope I have some years left. You know, ahead of me <laughs> seeing baseball games. Those I might. I'm, it's going to be tough to to top those. Uh huh. And so we you know we got the Kerry Wood flag. We thought Kerry Wood was maybe going to be there tonight, but he wasn't. But uh but you know we still had plenty of stuff to talk about from this game tonight. Yeah, I'm not sure what is he doing a charity bowling tournament or something. That's that comes later in the year. I'm not sure. <laughs> um. So Jeremy got there a little bit earlier than I did, and uh, he had a few experiences at the ballpark. I did. Yeah. So um I, you know uh, coming through the gates um. You know, Jack and I, we've well established this, that uh, we're both uh, avid scorekeepers and um, Wrigley, no no uh, fear of Wrigley Field uh, stopping selling uh, scorecards. Um, so I was, uh, you know, got my scorecard through the gate and, um, you know, we I think like, um, well, first of all, these scorecard guys sometimes they can be kind of like hucksters a little bit like there's there it's it's sometimes it's a more complicated transaction than it should be yeah well you know first of all they always try to force a pencil on you which yeah. is like 50 cents extra yeah it is they, they i will say this year they they've just folded in that cost into the uh scorecard i think this this overall scorecard went up but uh so, so now there's no more negotiating about the pencil you're just getting it and you're paying two bucks <laughs> oh is but, the pencil free now the pencil is free yeah it's included wow i actually told him to keep the pencil i oh, should have taken God. it that was my bad yeah there you go yeah you got to get that pencil um 
Um, although I, I'm starting to stockpile them at home. But speaking of the pencil specifically, <laughs> um, my guy, um, pretty cool guy. Uh, let me pull up what I, I quoted him here. Um, mm-hmm. So this was this was one of the nice guys. This guy was not a huckster. He wasn't trying to upsell me on a program. There's mm-hmm. there's guys who are like, I'll give you a deal. I'll give you the scorecard, the program, and the yearbook for ten bucks. And it's like. If you see printed on the thing, that's what the deal is. Like he's, he makes it seem like you're getting a deal. Um, but uh, my guy, uh, and I'm sure if any like Cubs fans who go to a lot of games might know this guy. If you're buying scorecards, he he was out in the uh, main entrance, but he goes like, "Good piece of lumber coming your way," as he gives you the pencil. Oh. And uh, then he said something. He like he. It seemed like he had like uh, he was one of those like dolls where you pull the string and it has like catchphrases or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of maybe malfunctioned and he was like saying them all at once. But like so he goes, "Good piece of lumber, lumber coming your way. They buy the tickets, you buy everything else, huh?" And I, it took me a second to think about that. And so like I guess like someone in this theoretical <laughs> transaction that happened, someone gave me uh, tickets. And then I have to buy like the scorecard, but I only bought one, right? So I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh-huh. whatever, um, you know. But he's a nice guy, and uh, I, I, I would, I would try to go back to that guy. Was again. that guy like an? Was he like an older kind of bigger guy? Did he have like a mustache? Maybe no, I know that. That's you know the, that guy. Okay. I think that's the guy who tries to do the deal. Yeah, yeah, because he was always like, want a pencil or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I've definitely uh, been with uh, with that guy. But also, there's also another old guy who's about 90 years old. I don't know if he's still working there anymore yeah, yeah i'm not sure but it, it's interesting because we've seen him at wrigley and at at guaranteed rate we have we and have he's definitely he he seems um the opposite of happy but the but even below like sub just angry and yeah, yeah. i i asked uh i asked that guy to to break a 20 one time <laughs> and it was like i called his mother a whore or something like that uh yeah. We we also um, you can also notice uh, a lot of the same vendors uh, too if you go to the games. Uh, we haven't seen that guy yet this year. It goes hot dogs. That guy might have blown out a vocal cord. He, he, <laughs> I think he might his his throat might have just exploded. Actually, we we can only hope. Yeah, that man, that guy. If you guys know that guy, yeah, he talks out of the side of his mouth. He's like a younger guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, very unpleasant. Not 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 a not a fun guy. No no. So uh, Jeremy, you were actually there early enough that you were able to catch some BP. Yeah, that's right. I was there. Um, uh, I like to I like to kind of just hang out in the right field corner. Um, I, it's a good it's a good angle, and um, I don't know. It's just it's kind of like usually I'm on that side anyway, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I like to just hang out in that right field corner and hope like maybe someone hits an errant ball over there or whatever. Today, uh, Jose Urania was um, out there shagging balls and he was throwing some balls to some people. And I didn't want to totally just like mark out and just like flop my hands in the air and say, Jose, please throw me a ball. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just, I was kind of like he, when he did look, I would put my hand up and it was like, eh, whatever, man, if you want to throw one, that's cool, whatever. But, um, uh, it was it was uncanny. Like I was watching the Marlins, like almost all of their uh, BP groups, and there was like hardly any lefties. I there, I don't know. I I I think the only one that I saw was Derek Dietrich. Like, yeah, I was lefty. gonna say because you know you get you got Dietrich Shuck, uh, uh, Bohr is a, a lefty yeah, Bo- as well. Bohr um, came up at the end there. Yeah. Did he? Okay. Yeah, okay. and his first. I actually was like, I probably should leave when Bohr comes up because I didn't have a glove and I I didn't want to be in the position to have to 
go after a ball that he hit. Right. So I felt like it would just shatter my whole body. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Derek Dietrich was was screaming him into the stands, and I was getting I was I was legitimately scared of like getting hit by a Derek Dietrich BP oh wow uh, foul ball. But um, he hit. There were a couple that landed in the stands. One like looked like it might ricochet towards me, but it went like it hit a seat like perfectly and went back on the field. So I never really got close, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't really trying in earnest either. So right, right. Um, and you also did you see JB Shuck? I did. Yeah, well? yeah, I did. Um, so Shuck was out there, and um, yeah, it brought back some memories of uh, when we saw him with the White Sox. Yeah, yeah, I was actually thrilled uh, to see that he was on the roster uh, when I looked at it this morning. Um, which is the type of take you're only going to get here on Rain Delay Theater. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure even Don Mattingly, perhaps Shuck's parents. Didn't say that about J.B. Shuck this morning. No, no. no. Uh, but so we actually saw J.B. Shuck uh, pitch an inning uh, in a blowout, uh, Chicago White Sox versus Washington Nationals. Um, and if this game was a blowout, but uh, obviously Mattingly had no intention of uh, having a position player pitch, and Shuck actually ended up pinch hitting earlier in the game. But it really would have been something to be able to see the same position player pitch Twice for uh, two different teams. I know we were. It was within the realm of possibility mm-hmm, tonight, mm-hmm. but instead that uh, that that uh, dishonor landed on the shoulders of one Tyler Cloyd, which we'll get into in a little bit. Oh yes, yes. Uh, so actually, I was just going to pull up our uh, box score uh, yeah. from the uh, the game that we saw JB Shuck pitch. It was uh, on June eighth of twenty sixteen. Uh, I believe that was also Jimmy Rollins's last uh, Major League Baseball game. Uh, he played for the White Sox in that game. He started at shortstop. But uh, anyways, um, so we, yeah, we shot we saw Shuck pitch in the ninth inning. Uh, he uh, actually gave up a double to looks like Daniel Espinosa, Danny Espinosa. But then he got uh, two six three ground outs, and then he got Bryce Harper to ground out to first base. So it, it was it was a quality inning pitch by JB Shuck. That should be something that all GMs uh, reference during negotiations this offseason with Bryce Harper. They should say, like, you know, we could give you $400 million, but you did ground out to J.B. Shuck, so <laughs> we're going to downgrade that to league minimum. <laughs> um, so uh, I... Uh, uh, we, so eventually I, I did show up at the ballpark and I met Jeremy at our seats. That's right. Um, yeah, so I was um, sitting uh, around... Uh, uh, just trying to, you know, do do my job for, uh, uh, you know, promoting ourselves and getting on social media and stuff. And so I was uh, tweeting uh, pregame and stuff like that. Um, by the way, that's at uh, Rain Delay Pod on mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tweeted that I noticed that, like, it sounded like... So we were in section 406 in the upper deck box, um, which is, like, in the left field, uh, shallow left field, I'd say. Um and uh, it like we could I couldn't hear anything like it was we were in like some sort of dead zone and I, I could hear like the the sound in the distance but it seemed like enough in the distance to where like I thought maybe the speakers were out in the whole upper deck at least definitely in our section mm-hmm. and so yeah Jack got there um, uh, and you know we we sat down and we were talking and, and I, I pointed out that like you know we couldn't couldn't hear anything and I was I had been looking around for someone and I saw a guy in ballpark operations uh, jacket walk by, so I actually did get up uh, and go talk to him and let me just preface this by saying like. I'm not a kind of guy who goes and talks to people or like complains about stuff or speaks out ever. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I, I've, I have spoken out these these two games that we've covered in uh, our podcast, and it, I think there's a an inner uh, desire to like 
make something happen for the podcast? Well, well uh, you know, I guess first of all, uh, we sort of did make something happen uh, uh, for for what for what the guy ended up saying to us. But also, you know, I, I enjoy. Uh, being able to hear the public address announcer, I think one of the best parts about going to a White Sox game is, you know, listening to Gene Honda. Yeah. But, you know, I also enjoy the the uh, Cubs guy as well. And also, you know, they were playing some stuff on the scoreboard at Wrigley that we couldn't hear as well. So it, yeah. it was a, kind of a legitimate issue. Yeah, you want to be able to hear, like, for substitution. I, I, I referenced specifically substitutions in the in the, twi- in the tweet that mm-hmm. uh, I sent out. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, so so I went over to the guy. I talked to him, and first saw my first observation about him is that he looked uh, he resembled very closely to a uh, Oliver Platt mm-hmm. or even a J.B. Pritzker uh, <laughs> for any local Chicago people who probably mostly everyone is um, uh, the Democratic nominee for uh, governor. That's um, like the, the Pritzker family, right? They're like a big Chicago family. They are, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. their okay. names are on a lot of things here in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, part of the family, and he looks like Oliver Platt. Okay, and okay. and then in turn looks like this guy from Cubs Ballpark Operations. Uh huh. Um, so so I, I talked to him, and I, I mentioned to him like, hey, you know, like, um, are the speakers uh, speakers seem to be out? Like, are, do you th- is there like are they working on them? And and he kind of gave me a look. Like, he didn't know what I was talking about. And he, he, at first he seemed pretty like kind of, uh, incredulous about, um, there being an actual issue. And, and he like, he was like, mm, uh, and he like stopped and like, listen, he's like, well, I can hear it. I can hear it. And I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not making it up. Um, so he like, we walked down like a section and I kind of stopped cause I didn't know if he'd like expected me to follow him like down the, the whole upper deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and then he looked back and he saw me. And so I started walking up back towards him. He's like, mm, I can see, I can hear it over here. Mm-hmm. And then he like walked, we walked back to our section. He's like, where are you sitting over here? Okay. And then he's like, no, oh, it's over there too. And then he walked down to like our seats and I'm like, yeah, you know, see, you can't really hear it much over here. It's maybe we're in a dead zone or something. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just, maybe that's it. You know, I'm sorry. I apologize. And like, like, Eric's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for that. And so I was like, well, you know, it's fine. Whatever. It's, it's fine. Whatever. And so he got a, he like just walked away, whatever. And we thought, uh, you know, case closed or whatever. Um, and then he came back. How how for long was it? Like ten minutes was, or something? Yeah, it was about ten minutes. It was a little while. Yeah, and so he comes back and he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I I I uh, I think the very first thing he said was, I'm sorry. I didn't notice your the jersey you were wearing. You're, I see you're wearing the Don Zimmer jersey, mm-hmm. and I was wearing like a, a '80s Road Cubs style Don Zimmer jersey that yeah. I have. And then he looked at Jack, and Jack was wearing an Expos hat. If you if you follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Rain Delay Pod. You can see the pictures, but um, Jack was wearing his Expos hat, and he said, "Oh, and I see you're you're wearing an Expos." Yeah, hat. it was actually, you know, that that was one of those things where it's like I wasn't sure if like it's like he commented on your thing, and so like then he saw I was right there and felt the need to comment on something for for me as well. Right, but uh, you know, I mean, certainly I get a lot of you know we get a lot of comments about the Expos hats that we right. own, so it you know it certainly wasn't out of the question. But, right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I mean, I I think he I think the whole thing was like it's like he was trying to pull it's it's almost like a politician maybe it actually was jb pritzker i don't know maybe he's <laughs> trying to go undercover but like it's one of those things where like you know you see you pick out something that the person has and like you comment about that to make it seem like you're connecting with them or right, something right right and and then he also saw us with the scorecards the scorecards too. and so he was he said like so i i could see you guys are real baseball fans he's like yeah. you know i actually did talk to a guy and and he said um 
you know, a guy who's normally up here, and he said that they do actually know that one of the speakers is actually out, and they are working on it. It's on the docket. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get to it today, but, um, you know, uh, they are working on that. And he's like, and then he said, like, and that's, then he, like, doubled down on the baseball. He's like, I know you guys are real baseball fans. I can tell you know what's going on. Um, And he's like, you know, some people, like, would be unhappy, and they'd be asked to move. But, uh, you know, I know you guys know what's going on. It, It almost was like as if he was trying to divert us from, like, requesting to be moved just to save himself the hassle yeah 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 and just like uh you know pete like trying to flatter us uh by talking about our baseball fandom yeah exactly and uh mission accomplished on that guy's part too it kind of worked uh at least you know i was a little bit i was like you know hey sir could we uh get get that on tape you saying that like for our podcast yeah exactly he could say like you're uh you know uh jack and jeremy they know what they're talking about with baseball and you're listening to rain delay podcast you know (laughs) um but no, you know, it just seemed like he had like slightly just he was giving us just slightly a little too much information. Yeah, yeah, it reminded yeah. me of the scene in Wayne's World where they go where they like walk out the wrong door and they run into Chris Farley mm-hmm. as the security guard and he gives them all that information and then mm-hmm. at, later on Wayne is like, didn't it seem odd that we were in that exact same pl- that exact place at the right time to get all that information? Seems kind of weird. <laughs> um, he told us at one point about upper deck renovations. So he yeah. said like he after he gave the whole spiel, he's like, and you know just just. So you know, the, the, one of the things that they're going to work on next is the renovations are, are the you know they're going to replace all of this upper deck stuff. And he kind of didn't really say anything specific. He just like pointed at the top and was like, "They're going to replace all this." And I assume put like better speakers or something. Yeah, yeah better speakers and like you know kind of better roof to uh, cover it all. And hey, you know what? You guys heard it here first on the Relay Podcast. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever our podcast yeah, is what, called. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, so then uh, I think we were pretty but, close to game time at that point. Yeah, but, you know, I just, I was proud of ourselves because we, yeah, we, 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 we will baseball respect by what we wear. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. Again, I'm, I mean, you know, when, when you show up like, uh, like we are, you're just above reproach, you know, that's right. Um, uh, you know, with the, with the Don Zimmer jersey and Expos hat and some, some scorecards, you know, it's like, you're like, uh, you're like the, the Terminator and Terminator two walking out of that bar with like your sunglasses, <laughs> your leather jacket, and your motorcycle. That's you know, right. Nobody can mess with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's, Again, you know, I went on the rant in episode one about how we know what we're talking about. Take it from this guy. We know what we're, what we're doing. Well, we're real uh, fans. Uh, just just to do, a, I guess, to mention this now before we forget, but Jeremy actually got a follow-up call from the White Sox after we uh, after we went to the game. Yeah, um, that's right. This is, We're making things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're making a difference out there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it wasn't – the follow-up call was incidental, mm-hmm. <laughs> but – uh, they, I think it was like a group ticket sales guy, and actually, I feel like I've been dodging this guy's call for calls for years. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get like I'll I I typically don't answer a number that I don't know on my cell phone, and it's always like a dude from the White Sox. Wow. And so I got a call, and I just happened to answer it, and he he said, um, yeah, I'm with group ticket sales for the White Sox. We noticed that you were just out to a game, and we just wanted to follow up. And he's like, was everything all right with your experience? And I was gonna say like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, well, actually. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, I was very upset to find out that you guys don't sell scorecards anymore. And he, he did. He was like, "Oh, yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, I've heard, I have heard that. I have heard that. We've, we've been hearing that, and we've passed it up uh, to the people that uh, need to take care of it." And he was like, uh, "Unfortunately, I, I can, I have nothing to do with that." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if there's any group ticket sales that you're looking for, uh, you know, I'd be happy to help with that. And he, <laughs> and so, I, I do believe that that's true that they've been hearing the complaints and like 
they're passing it along. I'm not sure if anything's going to be done about it. But mm-hmm. this guy was pretty much just in it to sell to sell me group tickets. Sure. And um, I again it seemed almost like he was a little perturbed to be to have that put on his uh, on his worksheet. <laughs> on but, his uh, docket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, I the the wheels are in motion. People know about it. And uh, Rain Delay Theater podcast is going to help get those scorecards back. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> um, that's that's only the second boldest uh, guarantee that Jeremy is going to make tonight. We'll get to the first one <laughs> later on in the podcast. Yeah, that's uh, right. Okay, Jeremy doesn't even know what it is. He doesn't even know what I'm going to say. I don't. Think. No, I don't think I. Okay, do. well, we'll get we'll get to it later. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, uh, so that that brought us pretty close up to game time. Yeah, now we're at game time there. I believe. Okay, so you know we uh we have we have the uh, the lineups here that yeah. we'll uh, that we'll run down for crack you. Crack open the scorecards. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah. Uh. So so this Marlins lineup. Uh. So it's actually kind of uh kind of funny that you know for the for our first game we were uh, seeing the defending world champion Houston Astros. And uh, now in this game, we're seeing a, a team in the Miami Marlins that pretty much everybody expected to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's really from cellar uh, to uh, penthouse, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, so um, if just taking a look at the uh, the lineups here mm-hmm. um, for the Marlins, we had uh, JT Real Muto uh, leading off mm-hmm. uh, and and catching. I, that you know the times that a catcher has led off, uh, I'd like to see those. Like there haven't been many. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one. Get was it Pudge Rodriguez who used to hit lead off? Possibly. I, I kind of almost want to say Paul Laduca. Yeah, Paul, hit Jason lead. Kendall used to yeah. hit lead off for the Pirates. I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, rarity, a little but... bit later on in the game, actually. Real Muto um, ended up getting lifted for uh, Brian Holiday. We Brian thought Holiday. that I'm not sure if they were just giving him the, the rest of the night off or if he got hurt legging something out. He looked fast on the play, so I kind of understand why he was leading off. But yeah, right. um, well, and he he's about the only guy who can hit for average on that team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so batting second, we had Martin Prado. Um, uh, hitting third was uh, uh, Starlin Castro. Yep. Um, you know, uh, interesting. Okay, well, well, we'll get to that later. So we have uh, Starlin Castro and Harlan Garcia was on the mound. He's hitting ninth. Uh, but uh, in in between that, we had Justin Bohr at first base, Brian Anderson in right field, Derek Dietrich in left, Cameron Mabin in center, uh, Miguel Rojas at shortstop, and finally we had Harlan Garcia as the pitcher. Right, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so with Castro, um, Jack, you were, you were on alert about the, uh, the, um, Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was curious, uh, to see what kind of reception he would get. I know that, you know, this wasn't his first time back at Wrigley Field since he had been traded. Um, I mean, he, I think he played in the uh, Yankees-Cubs series that was at Wrigley Field last year. But, you know, he did play a lot of years with the Cubs. I mean, what, was he with them for about six years, or from 2010 to 2015, maybe, somewhere around there? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you know, and he made a couple of all-star teams. Uh, he was certainly a player that they were uh, excited about when he first came up. And I mean, you know, he 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 was he kind of left right before the Cubs started winning, or he kind of got traded. But I was just wondering what kind of reaction he was going to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, it was minimal. It was nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I will say that I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's been back already. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I think like to the fact that Rizzo wasn't in the game. Right. I feel like that. Has, like I feel like Rizzo was kind of like the ambassador. Like we talked about Wellington Castillo uh, mm-hmm. at the last game we were at. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember his first time like back in Wrigley. Um, you know, Rizzo joked with him and stuff. And right. I, I think that they did kind of a similar thing with Castro uh, last year. Okay. But um, 
you know, I, and yeah, I just, I think as a Cubs fan, Castro kind of represented like just, um, just falling short, like an attempt, a fall, like a, a an attempt fall, fallen short. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like there were always the knocks on Castro that his head wasn't in the game and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, a question about like his, uh, drive to actually win and everything. And I think that that's, I kind of think like, you know, as a Cubs fan, I was sad to see him go after 15, but I, I understood, um, why they got rid of him. And, uh, you know, they just felt like he didn't have a place on that, uh, on the, the winning team. And, uh, I mean, you know, I would take Russell Baez Zobrist over him for sure. So like, it's it just kind of it was a no brainer. But um, yeah, I think he just kind of represents this like um, this like promise of potential just not realized and just not like he doesn't have that driving force that like a Brian or a Rizzo or a Baez has. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's just there's a little kind of like a sour taste for Cubs fans is when it comes to Starlin Castro. You know, uh, it, it, it just kind of got me to thinking about, um, you know, how, how you feel in general about players uh, when they get traded away. Right. Um, I think a lot of times it can, uh, you know, it can depend on the return you got for that player. Uh, I would be interested to know how, how do you feel about, uh, you know, Torres on the uh, Yankees now. Um, yeah, you know, they got him for Chapman, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I he just hit a walk off the other day. He did, he? Yeah, yeah. He was like the youngest Yankee pit, uh, player to hit a walk off or mm-hmm. something in history, mm-hmm. uh, franchise history. Um, I mean, yeah, so that's the thing. And, and the thing about, like, there's kind of two sides to, like, the players who, like, get traded away. There's the ones that get traded away. Um, you know, because they're too big for the the team, and they're not, and the team is not planning on contending. Mm-hmm. And then there's the players that get traded away that are prospects still, and uh, you know they trade them away for established guys. Mm-hmm. So, and it seems like you know with the Cubs' recent success, we've had more of the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, yeah, you tra- trade those guys away, and you you just kind of like. Uh, you know, you don't actively root against a guy to to succeed, but you kind of hope like you know he doesn't do that good and it doesn't sting as much. With Glaber, he's a classic case of like, well, you gave up a lot, but you won the World Series, right. so it it was ultimately in the end. You can't really argue with it. No, the, the worst thing about it is that they traded it for a. Uh, uh, questionable character guy, and when I say that, that's that's being generous. That, oh uh, yes, yeah. with our uh, oldest Chapman, um, and it it's, it stinks that they they had to get that guy, and it ultimately he, I mean, he did get them. To, he, 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 I don't think they win the World Series without him. No, um, no, that, that won them the World Series. Yeah, he got them there. He, mm-hmm. he didn't do it in in seven in Game Seven, but he he got them there. Yeah, um, and and so uh, you know, I I guess I. Uh, uh, for a long time, kind of felt the same way about Michael Brantley uh, mm. because he was the uh, the player to be named later in the uh, CC Sabathia trade when the Brewers got him. Uh, the, the big piece in that trade was Matt Laporta uh, from the Brewers, who ended up being a huge bust yeah. for the Indians. But uh, uh, also Brantley, you know, when he turned into a solid player, uh, I wasn't exactly rooting against Brantley uh, as as it was more. I was kind of just mad at the organization uh, for making the trade. But that was another. Um, instance where uh i think that the uh the end the ends justified the uh means there you know uh, i don't think the right. brewers don't make the playoffs in 2008 if they don't pick up sabathia right um i think that uh that another kind of another instance 
where uh, you know to, to kind of flip things over is uh, you know when the player is too big for the team. Right. Um, yeah. The Brewers a couple of years ago they had uh, Jonathan Lacroix on their team, and uh, you know this was when it looked like Lacroix was going to get a Russell Martin type of deal um, uh, when he hit free agency, uh, and so so he he had signed a. Uh, 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 before the 2012 season, he signed like a five-year contract worth about uh, 11 or 12 million dollars, I think. So it was a it was a real it was a real cheap real cheap contract or whatever. And before you know, they really knew that he was going to be an all-star caliber player. He was looking like a he was looking like a solid catcher, but I don't think they realized he was going to become an all-star. Well, he he did become an all-star, and he became kind of grouchy that he was only being paid, you know basically uh you know bottom dollar when he should have been getting uh you know uh russell martin money you know for lack of a better player to think of right now right because um, i think martin signed that big deal with was it the uh the, the pirates or was it no not the pirates the blue jays, the blue jays right jays, he signed a big deal with the blue jays yeah um and so so lacroix was uh he, he, he was a little mulish about that but also um when the brewers decided to tear things down he also uh, complained to the uh, the media, just kind of saying that he didn't want um, to be part of a rebuilding process or whatever. And, you know, I don't blame the guy, but he was just kind of being a pain in the butt for the Brewers. And so, you know, eventually they, you know, they traded him away and uh, they traded him to Texas. I think that was the trade that they got Brinson uh, in, if, right. I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who I, you know... I guess maybe you could kind of say I do root against him a little bit because I don't like him. He didn't have the greatest exit from Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I think he did take out a full-page advertisement uh, in the Journal Sentinel when he got traded saying how much he loved being here. But it's like, yeah, in a pig's ass, buddy. Like, we know <laughs> how you felt. Um, yeah. And now he's kind of just a journeyman. Yeah, yeah. Is he, he's in Oakland now, He's right? in Oakland, yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, he was with Texas. I uh, didn't really... You know, he that didn't really work out, I guess. He went to Colorado. I think he wanted to stay in Colorado, probably because, you know, he'd have a better chance of putting up good numbers in Coors Field. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's not with the Rockies anymore. Now he's with the A's. So in the last three years, he's been with three teams. Well, wait, he he blocked a trade to Cleveland, didn't he? He in did. In 16? He did, yeah. So that was in 16. So the, yeah. reason, the reason he blocked that trade uh, with Cleveland was because Cleveland, uh, they had they had signed Jan Gomes to a, you know, a long-term deal. And, right. uh, you know, they had planned on going with Gomes as their catcher uh, for, you know, the, the following season. So the reason they dealt LaCroix in 16 was because he still had another, he was still under contract for another year. So it'd be like, you know, whatever team got him would have him for the stretch run and then, you know, a whole additional year of him. So you know his value was as high as it could have been so um so yeah he he uh cleveland was going to play Jan gomes in 2017 or at least that was the plan and so they uh they they said well we want Lacroix. we want you to be a first baseman dh and so he said well no i don't want to do that i want to catch because you know i want to have my my free agent contract is you know going to be coming up i want teams to know that i can catch and so you know in a kind of a selfish move for him you know hey you know i guess he's looking out for himself but you know he kind of screwed the brewers who tried to put this deal together uh and yeah so that was kind of another instance of him just kind of being a pain for the brewers to deal with yeah for sure for sure and and on that same uh wavelength of like guys who you know who maybe like i guess it's their right to to block these trades but at the Mm -hmm. same time it's like the 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 game is bigger than you and like it's frustrating when a team is trying to like rebuild and and this guy is stubbornly uh, blocking the way. Uh, Ryan Dempster for the mm, Cubs mm. comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you know, okay, I know that a lot of Cubs fans like love Ryan Dempster. 
Um, I actually wonder like how like um, like how old his his chick is is becoming. I actually think it's. I think like a lot of people think that it's kind of like tired at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like like Ryan Dempster. Like we can lose the Harry Carey uh, impersonation. Like that's <laughs> we're done with that. We don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not even a Harry Carey impersonation. It's a Will Ferrell impersonation of mm-hmm. Harry Carey, mm-hmm. and that's not even a good impersonation. Sorry, Will Ferrell, you're added to the list. You know, you can come mm-hmm. find us if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but yeah, they were trying to trade him away, and uh, they um, they struck a deal with the um, Braves, I believe, um, tentatively to to trade uh, Ryan Dempster, and he blocked that trade. Mm-hmm. And they were gonna get. Oh, let me think. I I want to say like. Arotis Vizcaino, but I feel like there was a bigger name than that. Like he, that couldn't have been because then they ended up getting him anyway. Um, but uh, oh, it was Randall Delgado. They were gonna get. He was like gonna be the centerpiece of that trade. Which, as it turns out, like I don't know. Maybe I should be thanking Dempster then because they could have had him, and he <laughs> turned out to be a bust. What ended up happening is that he did ultimately agree to a trade to the Rangers. And that trade uh, brought none other than tonight's starting pitcher, Kyle Hendricks, uh. who's one of my favorite pitchers on the team and, and was a key component to the 16 World Series. So um, maybe it all worked out, but like I remember at the time being like mad at Dempster for like, just accept the trade. Like, like, like you know, if you love this franchise so much, like maybe you can help them out. I, I don't know. I, I should probably shouldn't be taking the, 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 big corporation side over the player but not that they they get uh, you know not that they don't get treated fairly but uh you know i guess they have families and stuff to think about but like I, as a fan it was definitely frustrating uh to to not be able to like improve the team when when it looked like they had a chance to do that so hendrick came over in the in the dempster trade yeah wow. um yeah he came over um with christian villanueva who incidentally is on the Padres now, and he's tearing it up. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, Villanueva was blocked with the Cubs. Well, uh, you know, um, that is a uh, actually a great segue into our into our Cubs lineup here. Yep. Because um, we did say that Hendricks pitched tonight, and he had a he had a terrific outing. Uh, so uh, the Cubs lineup. Uh, you want to give us the rundown, Jeremy? Yeah, we had uh, leading off uh, Albert Almora in center field, mm-hmm. and and just a note that you know this game was coming after that that fourteen inning debacle against the Cardinals mm-hmm. on Sunday night. So mm-hmm. the Cubs lineup was a little screwy today, but mm-hmm. uh, it turns out that it didn't really matter. Um, so uh, Albert Almora was leading off. Zobris was batting second in right field, who ended up making some really nice plays uh, defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryant was hitting third at third base. Baez was in the cleanup spot at second. Uh, Contreras was uh, batting fifth and uh, catcher. He had caught all 14 innings of the game yesterday, wow, so he started really? again today. I guess, yeah. he, I guess he kind of did it out of necessity because your next guy coming up here. Right, yeah. Caratini uh, was at first base tonight, mm-hmm. so no Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Caratini went back there. He played a couple games at third already um, when, when Rizzo was on the DL. Uh, Russell was in the seven-hole band, uh, at shortstop. Uh, Hap was in left field uh, playing for Schwarber, and he was in the eight slot, and then Hendricks was pitching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was not uh, all the usual suspects in the lineup tonight. Uh, this is, uh, as I mentioned to Jeremy earlier tonight, this was the first time since uh, Anthony Rizzo's been on the team that I've seen anybody but Rizzo play first base uh, at a Cubs game. So yeah. that was interesting. And Caratini holds his own over there. He looks pretty good. I saw... <laughs> I've... 
I think I, I've been to five games this year, and mm-hmm. I've seen Caratini play twice, Zobrist once, and Rizzo twice. Oh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the game, uh, the game got underway at uh, at seven oh five. It almost it almost got started late, uh, just due to the uh, guy who was singing the national anthem. He he uh, held that note pretty long tonight. Oh yeah, John Vincent, mm-hmm. uh, I believe is his name. Yeah, um, he's uh, you know he's quickly becoming a favorite. Um, I don't think he'll ever usurp uh, Wayne Mesmer, but. Um, He's uh, he's um, he's becoming a crowd favorite, and and it seems like Joe Madden really likes him. Yeah, uh, elaborate on that. We, I like in the games that where I've seen um, him sing the national anthem, they've cut to like Madden, and he'll like when he holds. So okay, so John Vincent holds out um, the it's free, yeah, the free. Uh, Land, home of the land of yeah, the free and the land, home of the land brave. Of the free and he holds the word free. Yeah, we we clocked it at uh, just under nineteen seconds mm-hmm. on just the note for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've cut to like Madden and like I saw Madden like mouth like wow like when he was doing it. And then they cut today to uh, Addison Russell uh, and he was kind of like smiling like mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually kind of funny because like the anticipation like all the Cubs know what this guy's uh, uh, shtick is, mm-hmm. and so like I think they're like anticipating like either like the opposing team or like fans like being kind of like wowed by this guy yeah you know that it's coming if you know him you know that it's coming and like you're waiting to see the reactions you know i i meant to ask you this at the game i was talking i was talking to a buddy of mine today and uh uh he um did wayne mesmer came up Mm -hmm. and uh did wayne mesmer get shot he did yes jesus um I don't know if it was coming out of the Chicago stadium, uh-huh. um, but he did because he did uh, Blackhawks and um, um, for some reason I'm thinking it had something to do with Rosemont Horizon and like the Wolves or something. But mm-hmm. I think it was coming out of Chicago stadium. He was like he got robbed. He got like held up at gunpoint or something. Oh, if I remember God. correctly, I was very young when this happened. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he got like robbed and and he got shot like in the throat. Jesus like in like Christ. the neck or whatever, yeah. or maybe the neck or something. And like uh-huh. of all the places to to shoot this guy, <laughs> like, um, and like, it, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like as a kid, like I, because I've loved Wayne Mustmer like my whole life, and uh, and like even as like a little kid, I, I'd have to. I wonder what year. I would I would guess like maybe like ninety five or uh-huh. something, maybe. Yeah. 93, 94, 95, something like that when it happened. Because I and, think the, it was, like, recently it was, like, the anniversary of when he got shot. Really? Or okay. Well, maybe it was. I, I can't I, I can't remember how I heard about this, but okay. I think that was maybe maybe what it was. Um, yeah, but that's a remarkable story, though. Yeah, so uh, so he did a he did a great job uh, with the National Anthem, and, uh, 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 and the, but the game did get underway at, uh, at about 7.05 p.m. Uh, the weather was fair. It was about 65 degrees, a little chilly, but uh, Jeremy and I both had long sleeves on, uh, so it wasn't no thing. Now, uh, uh, so Harlan Garcia, uh, Harlan the Marlin, uh, yes. as apparently they're calling him now, uh, and, but what, what's... Uh, what I noticed also is that like they have Starlin Castro, so it's like I wonder if they oh, yeah. offered him that nickname first. They were like, "Hey, you know, Starlin, do you want to be called like Starlin the Marlin?" And he was like, <laughs> "He was like, no, no, I don't want this to seem too permanent, like me being on this team." <laughs> right? Yeah, he's like, "I am actually trying to get traded. Could you, could you help me with that? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Can, can um, I see something in a uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, maybe?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So Harlan Garcia actually came into the game uh, with a 1.09 ERA, I believe. He was leading the. Uh, uh, National League in ERA. Well, not for long, buddy. No, no, not for long at all. Because in the in the first inning, 
Uh, Chris Bryant, uh, the third batter of the game, went deep off of him with Zobrist on base uh, after a walk. So, uh, so yeah, Garcia gave up a two-run home run uh, in the first. He then gave up a three-run home run to Javi Baez in the third inning and, uh, uh, and then another home run to Ian Happ in the fourth inning. So uh, after the fourth inning, it was 7 to nothing Cubs, and this one was never really close, Jeremy. Yeah, no, it was it was uh, pretty much done for. I mean, one could say it was done, it was over when they put the game on the schedule. But um, <laughs> in a more precise way, it was definitely done after that Baez uh, home run. I would say that put them up uh, five nothing. And uh, yeah. Now, Jeremy, there there's something that bothers you about Harlan Garcia, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my observation of Harlan Garcia. Um, uh, you know, I was reading like some projections that saying like that his uh, his um, uh, metrics were would indicate that he was going to regress back to like a, a higher ERA, mm-hmm. and uh, he's well on his way after tonight. Um, but uh, you know, it was our first time seeing him, and we had a good angle from uh, like kind of like the, the the left field line, and uh, yeah, it just um, it looked like he didn't bend his back enough. This is the first time actually me seeing him at all. Uh, I saw maybe a little bit of him, but. Uh, um, extended time seeing him and like yeah it's like one of those guys that doesn't bend his back one of my one of the most classic examples of this that I can think of is is Sean Estes uh, former Cub who's on the 03 team former Giant former Cub Sean yeah, Estes uh, oh man just a, a, a segue about Sean Estes yes. for a second. Yes. So uh, yeah. So me and my, my dad took my uh, he took my family to a uh, or my family went to a San Francisco Giants game. This must have been back in two thousand or two thousand one. Uh, Estes Estes was a, whatever whatever year it was. Estes was on the uh, the Giants at that yeah. time, uh, and um, so this was when it was impossible to uh, get get tickets to Giants games. They were always sold out because it was like the first year of the new stadium or one of the first years. And, you know, this was before, like, StubHub. So, like, you know, to get tickets, you actually had to, like, you know, go to the game and, uh, you know, look for tickets from a scalper or whatever. So we were having a real tough time. Uh, eventually, I don't know what the hell happened, but, like, we bought some tickets from somebody who, like, we had to pick them up from Will Call or something. And so before, when we went to uh, Will Call... We were in line, and the person in front of us, the woman in front of us, uh, was like Sean Estes' wife. And she was uh-huh. picked, she was like, uh, she gave the name Sean Estes. Uh, okay. And so uh, that's, I mean, that story doesn't really go anywhere, but sure. like, it's uh, that, that, like, that immediately popped in my head when I thought of Sean Estes. Yeah, which is interesting that the, 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 the wags, uh, the wives and girlfriends have to go to the will call window. I, maybe, maybe it was. Uh, uh, maybe it was his wife. Maybe it was some other woman. Oh, I'm not. Hey, sister. I'm not insinuating anything <laughs> about Sean Estes. Listen, no. Sean Estes, you got a friend here. I'm just saying you don't bend your back. Okay, so Sean Estes does not <laughs> bend his back. I, I remember Sean Estes wasn't much of a strikeout pitcher, was he? He didn't. Uh, I, I can't remember. No. Yeah. Uh, he actually put up decent. No, I mean I think he had a, maybe a four plus ERA on mm-hmm. that 03 team, but okay. like he he was a he was a he was a serviceable number five starter mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and my observation about Sean Estes has very little to do with any sort of like true baseball analysis, but it's like, 
it just looks weird when you see a pitcher who doesn't really seem to bend his back at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was thinking of the no strikeout thing. Maybe Kirk Reeder. You remember him? Kirk Reeder. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember he had kind of like big ears. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my observation. That's my scouting report on Kirk Reeder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Garcia ended his night real fast. Uh, four innings pitched, uh, six hits, seven runs, seven earned runs, then, two walks, and three strikeouts. I believe they showed his ERA at 275 at one point. I don't yeah, know if that's was. what he was, it was coming off the field. No, neither do I, but he at least doubled his ERA yeah. um, in the yeah. innings he pitched, which is pretty bad. Um, it's interesting to see where he goes from here. I mean, I think, it, you know, it was maybe just a matter of time before he got blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not as bad as tonight, probably not as good as he has been. Maybe somewhere in the middle, I guess, if he's lucky for this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, um, we shall see. But on the other side of that coin, uh, Kyle Hendricks actually had a terrific outing for the Cubs. Yeah, it was vintage Kyle Hendricks. And I, sh- I, I should say that I feel like I've seen all of Kyle Hendricks's best pitching performances mm-hmm. short of uh, Game 7 in the World Series. Um, I was at that uh, the NLCS game. Uh, where he, he single-handedly shut down the, the Dodgers. Um, I saw some other, like, uh, it was a late in 2015. It was a makeup game against the Roy- uh, Royals. Uh, he had one of his best games that game. Um, and uh, there was another game in uh, early uh, 2015 against the Reds. I think he, he had a pretty pretty good game. And, yeah, and that was before, you know, he was, like, a confirmed, like, uh, you know, star pitcher i guess on the cubs staff um but yeah he's uh yeah he he i've seen i've seen some of his best games i think yeah yeah and he uh he did terrific tonight uh but you know the offense the offense just really really won the day for the cubs i feel like they were sort of taking out their frustrations uh, from getting swept by the Cardinals and just having lost five in a row, just kind of all in this game. Yeah, as a Cubs fan, watch and I staying up and watching that whole uh, crappy game last night. It was this game felt great to to be able to see. Now, now one interesting factoid uh, is that so we saw four Cub homers tonight. We saw Bryant, we saw Baez, and we saw two from Ian Happ. So Ian Happ hit one in the fourth inning off of uh, Garcia, and then he hit another one in the seventh inning off of uh, he whose name shall not be spoken. Or actually, yes. will be he hit it off of Tyler. Cloyd. Yeah. Uh, so he hit two home runs. Now those home runs came from uh, uh, opposite sides of the plate. So in the fourth yes. inning, he hit one from the left, uh, and in the seventh, uh, he hit one from the. Uh, rather, no, I was wrong about that, Jeremy. He was batting from the right side in the fourth inning, and the left side in the seventh inning because he was facing the righty in the right. seventh. So, um, so that was actually the first time that uh, a Cubs player had hit a home run from both sides of the plate uh, in the same game. Since uh, Deanna Navarro did it in 2013, right? Yeah, May uh, 29th, 2013. Okay, yeah, down. yeah. So we saw something pretty cool tonight, and uh, uh, I think uh, Haps actually his second home run uh, was was an oppo. Uh, it actually went out to left field, I think, which is why I originally thought he was hitting from the right side. Right, but yeah, yeah he, hit it, he hit it opposite field. He has that opposite field uh, power sometimes. Like, he mm-hmm. kind of just, like... It looks like he, like, extends a little bit and kind of puts the bat out there, and then it goes out, out of the stadium. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this actually brought uh, uh, brought up, brings up an interesting point. So Jeremy and I, before we actually we have seen somebody uh, hit um, hit two hit home runs from uh, both sides of the plate in a game. So hit two homers. Yeah. And I told Jeremy that we had we had seen this, and uh, I've I've given Jeremy about he's had about two hours to think of it now, <laughs> but he he's stumped. He can't possibly remember who it is. You still you still stumped, Jeremy? Yeah. No, I have no clue. All right, I'm I'm just gonna go out and I'm just gonna say the name. Okay. Nick Swisher. Oh, Nicky the Swish. Do you remember that game? Swishbone. Um. 
Oh, gosh. Was he a Yankee at that point or an Indian? He was a Brave. A Brave. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was in 2015, I believe, right? It was. So that was on. He the Swish. Yeah, that was on 8-22-15. I actually wrote in my box score, John Lester Bobblehead Day. All right. Uh, Attendance was 41,196 for that day. Um Funnily enough, uh, Cameron Mabin played oh, wow. in that game for the there Braves as well. So there you go. He's in this game. He, you know, he feel like he comes up all the time. But uh, oh, God, so yeah, Nick Nick Swisher. Uh, he's he hit six. He started in left field. He hit a second inning home run off of Dan Heron, and he hit a fifth Ugh. inning home run off of Travis Wood. Now, do Ugh. you want to do you want to know something that's gonna fuck with you even more, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, please. Those were the last two home runs Nick Swisher ever hit. <laughs> yes, I was gonna ask you like. Well, first I was going to say, what the hell was he still doing playing in 2015? Yeah. I can't believe that he was still playing then, yep. number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, well, th- now I remember this because I remember at the time I was thinking, like, well, this guy can still hit homers? <laughs> it <laughs> makes perfect sense those were his last two homers. Yeah, I think he had four home runs that year. Two of them were in that Jeez game. Now, now this, is, this is funny to think about. How many other players in Major League history do you think hit their last two home runs in the same game from opposite sides of the plate. That's got to be the only time that's ever happened yeah, in baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking unless, you know, someone was, like, murdered or something after that or something. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, but yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, of course, stranger things have happened. It's probably happened before, but I couldn't, I couldn't begin to fathom who it could have been so yeah it was uh it was uh nick swisher um and uh and we also got a john lester bobblehead in that game there you go uh, yeah so that was a that was a good one is nick swisher still with that the girl from freaks and geeks that she was she was an ancillary character in freaks was and it geeks. so it wasn't linda cardellini it was uh no. I mean, really he was dating some he girl. married her i think i think her okay. name is joanne garcia or something like okay that. see i so she so it wasn't totally like busy phillips was on that no show, no she was mm-hmm. way ancillary way, she was okay. a cheerleader on um freaks and geeks and like she was she was actually on a uh, wb show which i couldn't tell you for if you uh-huh. held the gun to my head but uh um yeah, that's probably what people know her more from, but I don't know. But he was married to her, and uh, you know, I would hope that they're they're still going strong <laughs> because Lord knows Nick Swisher isn't doing anything else. Right. What was in it? Do you know? Do you remember the name? I don't know. You you might not know this because uh, you might have been in Chicago. No, I don't even know if you were in Chicago at the time. Him and uh, Toby Hall had that. Uh, I keep I always call it the wrong thing. Like it's like the Cool Cats Salon or something, or like the Stray Cat Salon. Yeah, well they they were dying. Didn't they dye Bobby Jenks's hair? Yeah, they dyed they dyed people's hair. They bleached people's hair, and like Toby Hall had a bleached like goatee, like like a not even a goatee, but that like little strip like like on his chin. Like, yeah, it was very disgusting. And like <laughs> yeah, like well, I forgot what something Cats Salon. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it mm-hmm. was. Uh, it was bad regardless of what it was you can be sure that it was a bad idea (laughs) well speaking of bad ideas uh apparently uh the entire marlins bullpen uh with the exception of tyler cloyd missed the flight to chicago so tyler cloyd actually ended up so here was his line so he relieved uh harlan garcia after four innings tyler cloyd ended with a line of three innings pitched eight hits Seven runs, all of them earned, three walks, and two strikeouts. Now, I don't think I have ever seen a relief pitcher give up seven runs in a game. He almost, he was on the hook for an eighth run, but Janichi Tozawa got him out of it. Yeah, lucky him. Um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it, it's pretty clear what it was. He was just in there for mop up duty and mm-hmm. just to like eat innings. Um, I'm not really sure what the Marlins did over the weekend if they had like any long games or anything, but he was just they hung him out to dry and and he probably knew it and just that it's just it's that's just what happened, you know. Yeah, after uh, after the second second uh, home run that uh, that he allowed, or after the home run he allowed to Hap, uh, the three run shot, Jeremy just yelled. Wear it, Cloyd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, no sympathy for the guy. No, actually, and if you look at our Twitter feed, um, uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. On, I, I actually, I, I, I put in, uh, I, I tweeted like just a, I, I tweeted Cloyd as a clod, um, <laughs> just, just, just for yucks. Um, and then, then, then spontaneously the wave broke out at Wrigley Field, and I blamed Cloyd for that as well. Yeah, and I tweet, I had to tweet that, so. I, I shot off two uh, disparaging tweets about Tyler Cloyd within like a two minute span. I would well, say. Well, he uh, his his headshot is the absolute worst. He looks like a Chucky doll in his headshot. Yeah, he looks like uh, you know I yeah like I want to say like a Duck Dynasty guy, but without the long beard. Like he looks like a guy like a southern hunter or something i don't know yeah yeah i feel like if you put his headshot up on a wall the eyes would follow you as you passed it yeah it would no doubt in like a haunted mansion oh yeah yeah so so cloyd was uh so yeah he had a he had a real bad outing uh and he actually batted for himself um and he struck out looking it's like come on man just get the bat off your shoulder how many other times are you ever going to get to bat in the major leagues yeah Uh, uh, so, so that was, uh, the game was just, uh, had, had kind of become a laugher at that point. Um, and then we also got to see Junichi Tozawa, whose ERA was almost just as high as Cloyd's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we had, we had Cloyd there. What, what inning did Tozawa come in? Uh, that must've been the eighth. I think he pitched the eighth for the Cubs. Before that, we had the seventh inning stretch. Um, and they kept these guys, they had three guys from Chicago fire and, uh, they threw out. They also threw out the ceremonial first pitch, which that's where they be, they initially be, uh, began to get on my nerves because like they lined up like three, and now I get it. Now they were doing some sort of like ho- fire hose pass off or something, okay. right? There was like three of they they lined up three like um, in a line headed towards home plate, and like one guy like pitched the ball to the other guy, and then the other guy pitched it to the other guy, and then. That guy threw it to home plate. Oh, and is that what they were doing? I feel like that's some. They were trying to simulate some sort of fire drill. Well, okay, so these guys were not athletic looking. At, f- at first, we thought maybe they were Chicago Fire soccer players. Yeah, and I'm like, these guys are not soccer players. I thought it was like the coach and like maybe two older guys or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. But they were on the show Chicago Fire, and like you know, the Cubs a couple years ago after the whole Erica Estrada debacle. Um, if you if you know about that, and if you don't, you can Google it, or I could just say it right now. I don't. I don't know about it. He was on. Uh, he was on in the seventh inning stretch and he was talking about he he was being interviewed with Lennon JD or it was Lennon Bob Brenly at the time and uh they were talking about his time on the surreal life and Eric Estrada like like Len Casper was just bringing up the people uh who he was on with and uh oh god who was the woman um was it Snooky maybe um he was on with Snooky from from uh Jersey Shore and he said like Oh, she's a great girl, but she's got a lot of problems or whatever. And, then, <laughs> and he was just talking way out of turn. And then like Ron Jeremy was on, and the, uh, the porn star, yes, and uh, the hedgehog, if you will. And mm-hmm. um, uh, Len, uh, you know, he, I think maybe even he brought him up. Uh, Eric Estrada brought him up unsolicited, and he's like, "Oh, and uh, Ron Jeremy, oh, let me tell you." 
he's a gifted man. And like Lance said, all right, well, you know, we, you know, three and two, the count or whatever. And uh-huh. he tried to like change the subject. Yeah. And, and like, it was a train wreck of all train wrecks. And <laughs> I think I, I did save that at some point on my own like DVR, but, um, I don't know if you can find that online. If if I can, we will post that on on raindelaytheater dot com. Um, but that changed like the uh, that kind of set off. Like people were like, "All right, enough with these people in the in the press box. Like we don't need to have these people like in in a baseball game, and mm-hmm. they have nothing. They don't know what's going on, and they're talking about Ron Jeremy and his <laughs> his uh, you know his gift or whatever. Right, right, um, and. Uh, um, so, uh, um, so that changed things. And so anyway, so like, I thought they were getting rid of this stuff and then they, he's got these clowns from Chicago fire and I'm being hard on them, but, uh, um, they, you know, I was like, get, get these guys. I would have rather had the guys from the soccer team quite uh-huh. honestly. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, they were, they were out there. They were annoying me. So like that was the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. And we, we were sitting by, uh, some kind of insufferable fans too, during the game. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I think that one of the unwritten rules of fandom that is very rarely followed is that, you know, you should get up to get your snacks or go to the bathroom during an inning break. Don't do it during an actual inning. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, listen, w- again, this is with the disconnect between us and like, uh, the casual baseball fan. Like we are aware of this. Those people are, don't have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're the people who stand up and take a picture like in the middle of like a rally, like a bases loaded rally. And they, they're like standing there with their back to the field, taking a picture. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's like you can get annoyed with those people, but they're always going to win. Like we just, you just need to bear with it. it well, it's, yeah, it's basically, uh, it's basically Eric Estrada talking about Ron Jeremy, but on a much smaller scale. You yeah, know? I mean, sure. I figure the way I picture that is that, like, it's like you know, Eric Estrada probably doesn't watch a whole lot of baseball. He doesn't really understand like the etiquette of, uh, you know, not talking about a porn star on a baseball broadcast. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, but yeah, there was a couple observations. Um, the, there was this group of, of people in front of us. Um, uh, they were, um, they didn't seem to want to move a lot. They were very sedentary people. Yeah. Um, and I saw it was, they were just peculiar behavior. Like, um, like the daughter was there and her mom showed up late and then she had a friend, like a guy friend with her or whatever. And then there was an extra seat at the end of their aisle and she made the mom sit in the extra seat. Like, and the friend was a buffer. So then the friend was sitting with the mom and the mom was like, she was trying to like get comfortable in her chair and she put her arm around like the friend and like, they were just meeting for the first time. It was, it was very, it just, they were a bunch of goofs. And then one of the people had a scorecard and uh, if you, if you, uh, notice with the new Cubs scorecard, it's a three-panel scorecard, and the third panel is kind of uh, ancillary. There's not this, there's 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 no real scorecard on it. It's just information. And I saw her just rip that she that ripped that piece off oh, wow. and just like throw it to the ground or whatever. She just like ripped it like a open like a bag of chips or something. <laughs> um, so I thought that was a little peculiar. Um, and the friend actually, I heard the friend talking to. Uh, uh, the girl and I heard him say something like, "Yeah, they had a they had a questionnaire or they had a survey and and I I complained that only kids are allowed to get get up on the wall to ask for autographs and like this was like a twenty something late twenty something year old guy if that maybe in his early thirties and he said he filed a complaint that 
kids were allowed to get closer to get autographs like presumably by the players parking lot or maybe by the the walls during batting practice Mm -hmm. so these are people that we're dealing with the people that are mad that kids get a chance uh to get autographs and not adults (laughs) you know we uh, oh yeah i was gonna say we also sat next to a group of guys who ordered uh yeah uh two ipas for a a total of 21 dollars uh you know i'm not I'm not a huge uh, fan of craft beer uh, making its sure. way into the ballpark. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm sort of of the mind that you know, if you're gonna have a beer at a ball at the ballpark, you know, it should be something simple like a, a Miller yeah. Lite or a Coors or something like that. I think uh, you know, getting an IPA at a baseball game is a little too fancy for my taste. Yeah, they used to have like they had like two stands where you could get like different beers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty much at a baseball game, you should be drinking watery domestic swill, basically. Mm-hmm. I think right. And, you know, I would say even if they didn't have the IPAs, they would still be charging ten fifty for yep. them. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you want to get, like, more bang for your buck, you can get the, the Goose Island or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, but yeah, they would be charging that much. And, and yeah, so the, we had to do the whole pass thing with those guys. And they the, the annoying part of it, it's like passing is part of the game and everything, but they weren't even sitting in the right seats. No. So that was annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about this and, like... Um, you know, it's just, there's just too many people there. That's the thing is like, there's too many people and there's, there's, you have more chances of running into like annoying people. Mm-hmm. There was, there was people behind us and there was a, a, a group of people. And like, some of the people were from a foreign country that were with their friend, with the, with the, with the group. And the guy was explaining to them every, like, like every, like literally everything. He's like, now see those white lines. If it's inside the white lines, that's in, that's fair. And if it's outside of the white line, he was like breaking down the most essential parts of baseball. Not even just like a, what is a balk right. or what is, you know, a, a suicide squeeze. He was like explaining like, see the ball, if the, if he catches the ball before it touches the ground, that's an out. Wow. Like that was, that was the most fundamental. <laughs> like I'm surprised he wasn't talking about like the materials of what, of which the baseball is made out of because, mm-hmm. or like a sphere, <laughs> like this, 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 like describing what a sphere is. Right, right. <laughs> Uh-huh. It first starts with the cylindrical, the circle shape, mm-hmm. and in a 3D way, that's called a baseball. You know, <laughs> um, so but yeah, there's just you know there's too many people there, and the odds of running into these people that are annoying are just higher. When you go to a White Sox game, there's less people, and there's still weirdos, but there's less of them, so they don't stand stand out as much. But when they do, when they are weird, they 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 bust through the you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Or in the case of the Sox game, they just they stand in your way, uh, right? And they make they make they make proclamations, yes, <laughs> proclaim their weirdness. Speaking of uh, proclamations, so the 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 boldest uh, proclamation that Jeremy made, or rather prediction, is uh, uh, so in from the ninth inning for the Cubs, we saw Corey Mazzoni pitch. Ah, uh, yes, uh, that's right. And so Jeremy, Jeremy almost uh, was practically willing to put money on the fact that that would be Corey Mazzoni's only appearance uh, with the Cubs. Now, yeah. I, I pointed out to Jeremy that, uh, so earlier in the day, you Darvish had been placed on the 10-day DL, and Mazzoni uh, being called up was probably the corresponding move. So I had pointed out to Jeremy that, uh, you know, he might be on the, Mazzoni might be on the team for 10 days while, while Darvish is on the DL. And Jeremy said, I still think it's going to be his only appearance yeah. with the Cubs. I said, I'm taking that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we'll see. We'll, we'll see in the next episode if he makes it in another game. Yeah. I kind of doubt it. I kind of feel like we saw his first, 
last and only appearance in a Cub uniform. That's, well, hey, that's my guess. He didn't do too bad, although uh, no. I can't I can't say Justin Bohr, uh, who made the last out of the game, uh, exactly put together a very good at bat. No, against... not really. And it might have been uh, due to like the play in the third inning where he had to stretch out for uh, an infield hit. <laughs> Um, where uh, he uh, Albert Elmore was um, leading off the third inning, and he hit it to deep in the hole to uh, Rojas, right the shortstop, and who who made a good play, but fired it across the diamond. And uh, it was pretty funny if you were watching the game, or if not, if you could go back and look at it. But Bohr like lays out for the ball, and he stops it, but then he kind of just crumples into a, a pile. And Elmore has to like stop, and he kind of like hugs him to like hold to stop him from like falling over, and it just looked like Bohr just crumpled into like a, a pile of mush. Yeah, and it, it almost looked like Elmore like just couldn't. It, it like it wasn't worth the effort for Elmore to try to like either jump over him yeah. or go across from him because Bohr is so big. Yeah, he could just kind of grab onto him and just stop his his uh, momentum. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like you know, I guess they say Madden's players would run through a wall for him, but uh, right. but they won't want run through Justin Bohr no. apparently. No. Um. And uh, I one more observation that I would be remiss uh, if we uh, didn't mention. Not that I can get, shed any light on it and if there were any listeners out there who uh, were at the game or in like the left field bleachers there was some sort of commotion going on with some guy in like a red shirt and in, in like right uh, just right to the left side of like the batter's eye in the like left center bleachers i'm not sure what was going on but people were like cheering for him he was like wearing a red shirt and i had i think he might have been wearing a cardinal's hat to, to reference uh you know cardinals fans from our last uh, episode mm-hmm. but he like he took a he like chugged a beer and people were cheering for him and then like at some point like a woman showed up and they cheered for for her i had this like theory in my head that like he was like with her but then she left and he was like he made like some move on another woman and like the and like everyone in the section was like watching it and then when she came back they like you know were trying to like bust him or something that's the that's the story i concocted from from watching from like you know 400 feet away Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you don't have, uh, maybe you actually do have some things in common with that guy you bought your, uh, your scorecard from, you know, uh, uh, making up narratives for people, you know, yeah, they I mean, bought the, uh, what was it again? They buy, they buy, they buy the tickets. You buy everything else. <laughs> Just, that's yeah that's i never heard that one before but it was it was locked and loaded he was just like he was ready he would have said it to the next guy if if i had walked away quicker like it was just on auto fire oh man uh, so that uh so anyway i i feel like that stuff that happened in the left field bleachers is uh the kind of thing that happens in uh, the late innings of a 14 to 2 game yeah there's no accounting for like stuff that happens in the bleachers it's all nonsense and (laughs) alcohol fuel nonsense yeah yeah uh, what a way to just downplay that and to move on to the next thing. But uh, yeah, um, that's that. Those are pretty much all the notes I had from the from the game. Mm-hmm. Jack, you? Uh, you know, I think we we pretty much covered everything from the from the game. Um, uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I think the one thing that I was uh, looking at was we did say Real Muto got got removed from the game. 
Uh, so you know, I was we, we kind of have a streak going now of guys trying to beat beat a beat a hit down the line and then then get removed from the game That's for true. busting at Moncada in the first game we saw the White Sox Astros that got removed from the game for a maybe a hammy thing like tightness in his hamstring. Yeah, I think so. You know, and this is the one drawback about recording right after the game. I'm sure there's the info is out there about right. why Miramoto came out, but uh, we haven't had a chance to to look that up yet. Right, right. Um, so. Um, so yeah, that was the the, the game. I think, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I, as a Cubs fan, it was pretty fantastic for me. Um, but uh, and you know, maybe this is what the Cubs need right now to get back off of that five game losing streak is to play the uh, the hapless uh, Marlins. Um, so um, let's see, we're gonna we're gonna move on to a couple random baseball thoughts, um, and then we'll bring it in for the close. But. Uh, um, I had one thought, or not, these aren't even thoughts; they're just observations. I was watching the Astros game the other day, and um, I noticed there were some kids in the stands wearing Devo Energy Dome helmets. So, if Jack, if you're familiar, obviously the band Devo, they mm-hmm. wear those like those weird helmet things. They look like circles with like they look like steps, but circular like step type of things. They're called mm-hmm. Energy Domes. People were wearing them, and I was wondering why. And then I realized Chris Davinsky was in the game, and I guess they call him Devo. Oh wow. And so I got to say that's a that's a like a fan interaction thing that I'm 100% behind because I'm a big Devo fan. Yeah, I, I wonder what his cool. like walk up music is. I know, right? It should be like uh, what what would be a good? I mean, whip it probably mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whip the baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I just think we can like go deeper there, you know, like uh, uh, Gates of Steel or something like that's that would be a good uh, one. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I I, I question whether chris davinsky has uh, owns any devo albums uh-huh. um but uh i'd like to learn more about that so i'm going to try to dig some dig uh, deeper into that yeah yeah please sure. do yeah um another observation i had was in watching these this cubs cardinals uh series over the weekend um i've noticed that jose martinez uh first baseman for the cardinals has a very low threshold for what uh, he requires for for his team to challenge plays. There are two plays um, where the guy was one more egregious than the other, where the guy was clearly safe at first base, um, and right away he's calling for like the the dugout to uh, to to challenge it. And even on ESPN they mentioned like you know like. Uh, coaches must not like that when guys do that because they're going to think that he's like the boy that cried wolf. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack, when I mentioned it to you, Jack, you said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like y- you like yeah, you can challenge any play you want, but like you should probably try to take into consideration is it worth it for your team, right? Right. Uh, and he's just there. There seems to be no consideration. He's just like no, call it, call it, as if he gets like a bonus for every put out he puts. He gets. Uh, uh, you know, at first base. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Steve Stone um, on the White Sox broadcasts uh, would always kind of rag on Alice Ramirez uh, for, for doing the same thing because uh-huh. I think he was on the Sox during the first year uh, that replay was, was there. So, yeah, some guys seem to do it more than others. Um, uh, does Baez do it a lot or did he kind of stop? I feel like Baez, maybe it was last year I saw him doing it. Doing Baez it a bit. does it a lot. Um I would have to. I have to say, not you know, not to be biased, uh, but like I feel like he's right most of the time mm-hmm. uh, because he he's like kind of a weird exception because he's so fast and like he does he he does that move that that uh, that that thing where he slides in front of the bag and then swings back with it and the mm-hmm. umps you don't see that a lot and the umps I think are not looking for that and so 
the umps have definitely missed. And he also does it like when he's actually on running the base pass too, because he has that swim move. So I feel like he's doing things on the field that, that the umps aren't catching. And so there's rightful like reason to for 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 making a challenge there. And I I would I would be one I would be curious to to know what his like winning percentage is on challenges. Sure. But um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Jose uh, Martinez. Uh, I don't know. He's he's uh, he's just trying to make sure that they get it right in his favor, I guess. Right. Um, I had one other thing. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take on a little journey here. All right, this is the longer uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing that I had here. Mm-hmm. I was at a game um, last week, um, Sunday, so a week ago and a day. Um, we, uh, we, we, we left the game and, uh, we went into a, a, a restaurant across the street and, uh, I saw a guy wearing a Damon Berryhill jersey. Um, uh, Damon Berryhill was a catcher for the Cubs in the late, uh, eighties, early nineties, I believe. He then went to, onto the Braves and I'm not sure what much else he did. Was he ever on the Red Sox? Maybe? May, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that, that sounds right. Um, but, uh, he's just like a, you know, an old Cub, uh, uh, from back in my childhood, yeah, I but, remember. I remember Damon Berryhill. Yeah, yeah. And so I saw a guy. I saw the guy wearing it. And again, I don't. I don't speak out much to, to other people, like for the sake of doing it. But I went up to this guy and I'm like, "Hey, man, I just gotta say, I love your jersey." Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so here's the thing. I'm gonna take it on a weird tangent here. Um, I went to Catholic school. All right, and um, you know, there's a lot of uh, religious uh, like uh, teachings and everything. And they talk about they talk about Jesus and Jesus coming back to Earth, right? And um, I used to think as a kid, like if I pass someone on the street, and maybe I, you know, it was like someone asking for money, and I didn't give them money or something, I'd be like, I, I'd like, I'd be like, I'd be like, I can't give that guy money. And I'm like, wait a second, what if that was Jesus? Uh-huh. You know, and I'm like, I just denied giving Jesus money. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to hell for sure. Uh-huh. I'm in big trouble. Um, so, I, so I, I would, I would have that thought every once in a while. I'd be like, was that Jesus? Was that Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so, when I told this guy <laughs> um, that the Damon Bear, I liked your Damon Berryhill jersey. He was with a woman, and the woman just kind of like laughed about it, almost as if like, oh, he gets that all the time or something. And I was, and I walked away, and I'm like. Maybe that actually was Damon Berryhill, <laughs> and like, and and I just didn't recognize it. And uh-huh. He was just like, mm, yeah, that's right, yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. wearing the jersey. I could see yeah. maybe Damon Berryhill walking around wearing his own jersey. I don't know, just to get some free, you know, drinks or something in sure. Wrigleyville. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That might have been that might have actually been Damon Berryhill because who else owns a Damon Berryhill jersey besides him himself? Well, is is that one of those things where uh, did it did it kind of uh, like? look like it could have been like did you look at pictures I don't, of Damon Berryhill I didn't even look at the guy I think okay. I just saw the jersey and I said nice jersey oh <laughs> but, okay okay no listen it probably wasn't Damon Berryhill but you know it's a thought maybe it was maybe he's walking around it's I don't like know. that old Simpsons joke uh where Marge is at a bar and she's like that bartender looks like John Travolta right. and he goes yeah Looks like you know, yeah. this is when John Travolta's uh, career was in the toilet uh, the first time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's interesting. I remember one time you texted me a picture of a uh, Justin Ruggiano jersey, Ooh. and we speculated that that must have been a custom job. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know that's you know you brought up a good uh, that's a jumping off point here, um, and we're gonna wrap it up. But I I want to say, uh, well, while you brought up custom job jerseys. Um, Here's the thing. Here, I want to just share my thoughts about custom jerseys. 
I'm against custom jerseys. You you mean like the, for the last per, name? Personalized like jerseys. Your, yeah, personalized I say. jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can get you can get a Don Zimmer jersey, or you can get a Justin Ruggiano jersey. But if you have like, uh, if I had know, Swakowski on a jersey, yes, I think you should. Here here are the circumstances in which you can get a jersey with your last name on it. If you had at least one official career plate appearance in the major leagues. <laughs> Or just what about one game played? Um, so yeah. you have to. If you what if you were a pitcher? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can do that. If you're Adam Greenberg for the Cubs, you can get a, a, a jersey with your name on it. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're just like some dude who uh, you know whatever. Right, uh, right. If you're Moonlight Graham, you just played one one inning in the field. You can get a jersey made. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But not if you're not if you're you know me or you. Or well, yeah, yeah. You yeah know. We, no, we we can't. No, and I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. lame. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's you know we talk about like uh, baseball unwritten rules or unwritten fan rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's I'm 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 vehemently against personalized jerseys. Yeah. You, you shouldn't get your name on it if you no. didn't play. No, no. Find a player you like, get their name and wear that one. Yeah, yeah. Nothing says you're lame like getting a custom made jersey in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. That's that's a hard and fast rule that uh, the Rain Delay Theater podcast is putting out there. No custom jerseys. I like it. No personalized jerseys. I like it. Um, all right. We're going to bring it in for the close, but uh, before we do that, we're going to do an installment of Baseball Resume. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. So um, let's see here. Um, do you guys, do you want this guy's stats? I don't have him in front of me. Sure. Why not? Um, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let me see. You're going to get... Okay. Well, actually, I got him right here. Okay. Okay. So this guy played... Um, and we did play this game last week. We didn't have a name for it, but I think we're going to go with baseball resume. Okay. I was trying to think of something about like the back of a baseball card. But here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy played 17 years mm-hmm. in the big leagues. He's mm-hmm. a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. He started in 1995. Okay. And he retired in 2012. Yeah. He played for um, seven different teams. Okay. His name is Jeff Supon. Jeff Supon. Okay. All right. Seven teams for Jeff Supon. Well, uh, we definitely have the... Uh, God, I didn't know Supon was on seven teams. Okay. He, well, and I'll say this. He was on... Uh, two of those teams he was on for two stints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so he was definitely on the Royals, right? He was on the Royals, Yeah, correct. he was on the Cards. He was on the Cardinals twice. Uh, the Brewers. He was on the Brewers once. Okay. Um, oh, wow. This is where it gets hard. Yes. Uh, yeah, these other teams must have... Uh, Okay, so, um, all right, I'm just trying to think here. Was he ever on the uh, the Twins? No Twins. No Twins, okay. Um, let's see, was he ever on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get a few more guesses and then, and then I'm going to have to give up. Yep. Um, okay, so was he ever on the, uh, uh, let's, I'm just trying to think who, who would make sense for him. Um... Was he ever on, I don't know, the Red Sox? He was on the Red Sox twice. He wow. started with the Red Sox. Okay, wow. that, that was one. I wouldn't have been able to get that, guess that one. And I had no idea that he started with the Red Sox. I thought he started with the Royals. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, that that is that is weird. I, I did not know he started with the Red they, Sox either. But for yeah. some reason, that felt right that he was on them. Yeah, if you want to think some more, I, got, I can read. 1995 was his first year. 20 years old. He uh, pitched for the Red Sox. Eight games. Started okay. three. It was wow. one and two. 20 years old for Jeff Supon. I didn't yeah. know he made it that early. Yeah. Uh, was he ever on the Rangers? Not on the Rangers. Not on the Rangers. 
All right, I'll take uh, I'll take three more guesses. I'll take okay. yeah, I'll take three more guesses. Was he ever on um, the Dodgers? Nope. Okay. Was he ever on the uh, Giants? No. Okay. And uh, last but not least, was he ever on the? Um, The Orioles. He was not on the Orioles. Okay. He was on the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks Oof. in 1998, oh. uh, right after the uh, uh, Boston Red Sox. Then he went to the uh, Royals uh-huh. for several years. Mm-hmm. Then he went to, in 2003, um, the Pirates. Wow. Uh, then he was with the Red Sox again, then the Cardinals, then the Brewers, uh, went back to the Cardinals, mm-hmm. missed a year, and then ended his career in 2012 with the San Diego Padres at age 37. Oh, man, wow! I you got the ones I would have got. Um, Boston, Boston, Arizona. I think I remembered he was on Pittsburgh, San Diego. I had no clue. Yeah. I had no idea he was still pitching in 2012. No, I remember he tried to hang around, but that's a really good question, Jeremy. Uh, I had kind of uh, Supan was not one of my favorite Brewers. Uh, okay. He he really sucked towards the end of his uh, towards the end of his Brewers career. To me, uh, Jeff Supan smacks of like the Brewers. Not shelling out for pitching and instead going with Jeff Supon. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Just, yeah. Uh, Doug Davis. And, well, Doug Davis might have been a product of the Brewers, but those types of guys. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Kyle Loesch, for Kyle example. Kyle Loesch, exactly. Um, and uh, uh, Randy Wolf as well is another yeah. example of that. But yeah, that's a great question, Jeremy. Uh, to me, Supon always kind of struck me as just like an average guy who would take the ball every every five days. Yeah, um, he was and, reliable, I suppose. He stuck around for a long time, but uh, not very exciting. No, no, no. Like uh, Just like Martin Prado, you said tonight. That's right. Know? That's right. Uh, dependable, but not exciting in the least. Right, right. Well, that was a good one, Jeremy. Thank you. Yeah, all right. And we'll, we'll get some more of those in future dates. But um, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Um, we will uh, definitely um, be updating on, uh, on our next uh, outing. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely uh, subscribe to the uh, podcast. We are on iTunes right now. Um, we're in the process of uh, doing Stitcher and uh, Spotify and all that stuff, but right now we're available on iTunes and we're on SoundCloud, of course. Um, so go to raindelaytheater.com and that'll take you uh, to everything you need to know. Our Instagram is raindelaypod, our Twitter is raindelaypod, our Facebook is raindelaypod. So uh, find us on all those and uh, you'll be sure to be updated on the next episode and the next game that we're going to be going to. Yeah, and we're going to figure that out and we will let you guys know what that game is going to be. All right, and until then, uh, this is Jeremy Dionisio. And this is Jack Swarkowski. All right, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.